This morning I want to talk about three areas of risk and one area of opportunity. Uh, the first area of risk is uh, electoral risk uh, or political risk. Um, I'll talk about two markets. I'll talk about uh, the US market and our market, and then I'll talk about the outlook for the US dollar and, and what that means um, over the next couple of years. Um, <clears throat> This, I think there's significantly more political risk uh, than in the US system than the market currently appreciates. Uh, the current ways in which trading engines which look at the uh, US market operate is that in terms of the historical data, what usually happens is that the market stands away, uh, stays flat, for a period leading up until the election and then kicks around about 2% in the period after the election. So that's kind of uh, already happened. You already had that risk on period in the, uh, in the US equities market. But 2020 is the year in which statistically low probability events happen. And I think it's entirely likely uh, there's a, a very, I think, we're in a situation where something that may not have happened in the US political system since the 19th century and may be about to happen again. Uh, my understanding is that there are at least three states uh, following the, the recent presidential election that are within, in a statistical margin of about half of 1%, which means they're going to be recounted. Uh, an additional state might also be. Uh, Pennsylvania might be ordered, a recount might be ordered for that by the, uh, by the Supreme Court. And uh, uh, if three out of four of those uh, recounts are actually benefit the president, uh, what happens as a result of that is you get a tied level of electoral college votes, that is to say the number of votes uh, in the electoral college in the middle of uh, December is 269, 269. Now, if that occurs, then uh, Article 1, Part 2 of the US Constitution comes into play where the, um, cons the election is sent to the US Congress for decision. And in that circumstance, uh, it's state delegations, not the current people who are elected uh, to the Houses of Congress that make the decision. And uh, as a result of this election, uh, the a major significant majority in uh, state houses and those state uh, delegations uh, is Republican and hence would re-elect uh, Donald Trump. So there's probably about at least a third chance that Donald Trump's still going to be president in January. And I think that generates is, would be unexpected by the current media and that generates significant political risk uh, to equity markets between now in December and then uh, running into running into January because things that haven't happened uh, for a very long period of time, like all the other things that haven't happened for a very long period of time uh, this year may happen again in the US political system. In terms of equities valuations, uh, I have to say that uh, um, my long-term valuation for the US uh, S&P 500 is about 2,300 points, and that emphasizes uh, where the level of it should be relative to 
to uh, earnings. And on that basis, the market, it's the US market's most overvalued since the very top of the tech boom at the beginning of the century. But if I, if I just constrain the model to the most recent period since 2014, I um, come up with a fair value of uh, 3,066 points. And uh, that makes the market 484 points overvalued yesterday, uh, which is the most overvalued it's been uh, in the uh, entire model period since, uh, since 2014. So I think what there is is significant valuation risk in, uh, in the US equities market as well as uh, political risk in the US system. And if I look at our market, um, if I look at the long-term uh, valuations, including bond differentials, uh, in Australian market, I think our fair value is about 5,800 points. So I think we're about 500 points too high. And then we're, we're about the same level overvalued as we were at the beginning of this year. So I think that there's significant political risk in the US. I think there's significant market risk in the US. And I think there's significant market risk here. Uh, where is the area of opportunity? I think uh, is in currency. Uh, I've said before that um, uh, there's enormous expansion in the US budget deficit year. It's over 20% of GDP, uh, which uh, is the biggest budget deficit since World War II. And the only way you can clear that volume of bonds that's necessary to uh, uh, fund a deficit that size is that uh, uh, there has to be a significant decline in the US real exchange rate to, decline, to uh, lead to a decline in the volume of bonds uh, coming forward to be cleared in other currencies, in European and other currencies. Um, and, uh, and we've already seen uh, a decline in the US dollar index this year uh, from, a, uh, from a significant multi-year peak uh, down to pretty much equal to its low for the year in the last, uh, in the last two days. Now I expect there'll be significant further declines uh, in the US dollar over the next two years. I've said before that that uh, will generate uh, a new resources boom, similar to the resources boom uh, we lived through after the last major fiscal expansion uh, earlier this century. And I think that that'll run from at least a year and a half from now on. Uh, and I think you've seen the beginning of that in uh, uh, kicking commodities and commodities prices in recent days. Uh, and I think that the opportunity, even though we have overvalued stock markets, both in the US and Australia, I think the opportunity is in commodities. And I think there's a significant opportunity in commodities um, over the next uh, year and a half. And that's enormous benefit to Australia as an economy relative to the US, because Australia is, a, is one of the world's largest exporters, a large number of leading commodities.